So, I have just uh, talked about the first time I devoured somebody, which was still pretty epic because he was a piece of shit and had it coming. But, uh, obviously, it wasn't going to be the only time. So, uh, this story is, we're going to call this one, The Rules. Because when it happened again, I decided I always needed to be sure. And I needed to develop a system that would keep me in check. And that I wouldn't go just off of instinct. And I've got to say, as many times as I've done this, that instinct has never, ever been wrong. So like I said, uh, things at work were going great. Amelia had calmed down, and uh, actually it was months. I think it was almost again three months. It was weird at the beginning. There were these like there was these time periods of these like three months where these changes would happen. It was months before I saw someone like Amelia's abuser again. Now I wasn't changing all the time. I had sort of gotten used to it. I, I wasn't doing as often as I used to because honestly, I didn't really still the need to. I had fun with it at the property, but I was comfortable just being me and living my life. I, uh, I wasn't going out there and fighting crime. I was just trying to be a good person. I signed up for volunteer work. Uh, I was doing great at work, but I decided until I knew what was going on with me, I I didn't need to get into a relationship with somebody. Uh, Shay and I uh, kept in contact a little bit, but that just sort of naturally fizzled, and I decided to just sort of let it go. But we, I would say we ended on good terms. It was all pleasant, but I realized I just shouldn't bring anybody into this or into my life until I, I, I knew what really was going on. And it wasn't like a driving need to know. It was just it was curiosity. So I started, you know, going online, trying to find books about folklore, uh, folklore, folklore. God, okay. I've had a couple of beers before I did this one. All right, just sue me, sue me. All right. But oh yeah, alcohol doesn't really affect me as much as it used to. And uh, which is good, but it's, my metabolism is insane. Uh, I can eat and drink almost anything that I want to, I find, but I just usually tend to wait, tend rather to stay away from stuff that's not naturally good for me. Like I said, I have a couple of beers on occasion, like tonight, but never really pound them. Don't really get into whiskey, stay away from the junk food, just eat healthy. And there's no real choice in that, which is fine because, you know, not putting the weight on anymore. And again, it's noticed that after my uh, meal that my body sort of stabilized. I enjoyed working out and all that, but I wasn't really trying to test my strength anymore. It was like I knew what I was and again, just accepted it. Now, I know that's going to sound repetitive, but there's, there's just no other way because like Killing that guy and eating him was the correct thing to do. And being a giant spider monster when I wanted to was correct as well. Of, uh, of being born with two arms and two legs. It was just a part of me. It was a natural state of being. But I was curious. So I started studying it. I, I looked into myths about spider people. And 
while Native Americans have spider beliefs, the only like spider people I could find were in Japan or Africa. And then those were completely different sides. There was nothing that explained me. Because it wasn't like I was a werewolf. I didn't turn like into a man spider. I did watch Earth versus the spider and was like, I hope to God I don't turn into that shit. But uh, I just turned into a giant spider. And I turned, I found out, into a Mexican gold knee tarantula which is one of the like nicer tarantulas to own like it'll climb on you and you can kind of be friends with it which is people are strange but they're way worse more dangerous spiders to be but that's not what i turned into i thought that was odd uh also uh if you know anything about spiders male spiders and you know if they don't do the job right for the ladies (coughs) That's it. The ladies sort of take charge and handle that business. And I think that's where there's part of that natural drive. So I really wasn't seeking to get my rocks off and then experience that sheer naked terror. Sorry. Even though things were going great in my life, I wasn't dating. I wasn't trying to have one night stands. And then I decided to look into this religiously. I was raised a Baptist in my family. That's just who we were. I was baptized at a young age. And to this day, I still believe in God and that Jesus is the Son of God and is the Savior of mankind. I'm just not an asshole about it. I don't judge people. That's just my faith. So let me just be clear. Serial killer eats people, turns into a giant monster, but I don't use my religion like a weapon. Okay? That's just not who I am. So... I hadn't really been going to church, though, like most, you know, lifelong Christians, you know, you just stop going to church. And I stopped going to church years and years and years ago. So I decided, you know what, maybe if I can walk onto holy ground, I'm okay. Like weird thoughts, because in all the folklore that I, I was looking at about monsters and stuff, you know, faith of all the different kinds had an effect on creatures, repelled them, summoned them or whatever. So I decided to, you know, give this a shot. So some friends that I knew had talked about going to this church. And it was one of those like really open, really hip, you know, hey, we accept everybody here kind of churches. And the pastor was kind of like a local celebrity. I'd heard of the guy before, supposedly the decent guy. So I decided to go and give it a shot and to see, honestly, if I, you know, then burst into flames or smell like brimstone or something when I crossed and hope to God didn't suddenly change the second I hit holy ground, you know. A little worried about it. And I thought that was more from religious built-in guilt than actual, you know, concern. So I go to this church. And you know where I'm going with this. But it wasn't the pastor. It was the youth pastor. Walking in the congregation, everything's fine. Don't know anybody. Nobody knows me there. Sit down, you know, going to have, just, you know, enjoy the experience. Didn't burst into flames. Didn't start speaking in tongues. Didn't start webbing myself into the cocoon to get away from God or any bullshit like that. But as I sat there, looked around the room, services started, this guy walks in. And just like Amelia's asshole, that fucking waste of skin, like I said. This guy is in 4K Ultra. 
I can see the definition of everything about them. Almost every molecule put together in a, a perfectly rendered masterpiece painting and everyone else is just sort of like watercolors. And there's that need again to handle him. But I'm in public. There's hundreds, a huge church. Hundreds of people are in here for this service. So I play the game. Play the game, if you will. Try to enjoy the service. Try to listen to the sermon. But I just kept feeling my eyes go to the sky. Because I knew I hadn't seen anybody like this for months. Surely there's just people like that first meal, I should say, out there, right? He's just, just these vile human beings. But I hadn't seen anybody for months. I thought it was over. And all of a sudden, this guy's on my radar. So I thought about how am I going to handle this? Like, how am I going to deal with this guy? Oh, fucking motorcycle. Trying to hack, trying to record some shit for the authorities here, asshole. Sorry. That's what happens when you're recording this stuff in a hotel room. You're going to get some splash noise. Anyway. But instead of just stalking him, I decided to... I guess I did stalk him. I guess I did stalk him, but I decided to hunt and to know why. Because I knew about why Amelia was afraid of that guy before I handled it, right? But this I just saw. I just knew he was one. He was something like that guy. He was evil. And it was on the car ride home that I came up with that evil. That's what they had in common. Something about this youth pastor was evil. So I started doing my research. And it did not take long. Now here's the thing about social media and the internet. You can look in and you can find stories. And you can see things like cleared of charges, investigation, but sometimes you just know the truth. And it was like my senses that could focus in on seeing one of these just real abominations. Not like me. I was a monster. Yeah, but I wasn't scum like these guys were, right? But just by reading the stories, it was like I was reading between the lines. Oh, charges were dropped. You know what those charges would be? Because you can say them along with me. This guy was a sexual predator. And a young girl, a girl, finally spoke out and said something, but the investigation went on. He was cleared of all charges, and she actually recounted her story. But by reading the article, it was like I could, I could read the truth in the words and that the family was pressured and that he pulled some strings, or maybe he applied a little direct pressure. That family moved away, and the church went beyond it, and the church sided with him. But I also knew by reading that story, she wasn't the only one. That this was a careful predator. So, I did the most logical thing, and broke into his house. Now, the problem was I had decided to wait and not just act on these drives or what I was feeling. So over the next few days, 
would drive by the house and say at night, be in the shadows watching his place of living. Sorry, just sometimes talking about this stuff gets these old feelings up. Anyway, so I'd go by his house and I'd watch him. Lived alone, no family, no kids, no dogs. Nice house, like I said, church was doing well. Finally, youth trip comes up over the weekend. And part of me worried that I was giving him an opportunity to act, but yeah, youth trip, tons of people around, tons of the staff. Like again, I was a predator that knew predators. I knew he wasn't going to do anything then. So while he was gone, I broke into his place. It wasn't like I could hack into his computer. I'm just not that guy. But I could feel or knew how they operate. So for the first hour I was in his home, trying to be careful, looking for anything I could find that might give me a clue. Now, of course, that's not going to be in the bedroom. It's not going to be laying out there. And then I just let my instincts, that spider side of me, really start thinking. I didn't change inside the house because that would have just not shit everywhere. But I just thought and let myself think like what I was, that hunter side of me. And it came to me. He'd have to have something close, but in a place that no one would accidentally find it. It wouldn't be in the living spaces where people would come and visit him. So I went into the attic. And I found my proof. Now, folks, that's shit you should never see. Because it, it unmakes you. And I'm not going to go into detail or description because that's not fair to you. But let's just say I found some materials that proved what he was to me. And I'll leave it at that. And I knew what I had to do. And I was glad I was going to do it. <laughs> so I waited for him to come home. And the night that he was back, I went to his house and I went up into that attic while he was sleeping and just started scratching and making noises, knowing he had to come by. But what he didn't know was before he came home and the first time I was in the attic, I moved some things around to give myself some space. See, when I change, I'm pretty big. I'm pretty big. I'd say about the size of a car. But like I said, he's doing really well and this attic was huge. And he lived by himself, so there was a lot of open storage. Now, I didn't have a lot of room to maneuver when I got up there. But I just waited. I heard that little ladder step thing go down. I heard him come up. And I made sure that he saw me with his little flashlight barely a few inches away from his face. So that light hit my eyes. And I don't just have to, if you know what form I'm in, people. And in he went. 
squirming because this time I didn't hit him with the fangs and the venom just at first. I just grabbed him and pulled him in and felt him struggle in my maw. Try not to be sick about this. Try not to go into detail. I let the venom get him. And then I just drank him down. Changed back, snuck out, went home. And that was it. But then I realized that night I couldn't sleep. And it wasn't because I felt guilty. Because let me tell you, I didn't at all. Oh, no. Not after finding what I've done. Even if I didn't change into a giant spider, I would have caved his head in. And any thinking human being would have had that same drive. And if you're listening to this and judging me, that is bullshit. Because you know you would too. But I realized... Maybe there is a reason I'm like this. Maybe there's a purpose for me on this. Maybe there's a reason that when I went to church, I didn't feel God's anger or wrath on me. That maybe, just maybe, there was a chance that I was the wrath of God. And instead of coming down like a lightning bolt from heaven or the fire of a judgmental angel, this wrath comes at you with eight legs and two big-ass fangs and a hunger that's just very specific. And that's when I thought I was being an egotistical asshole. Like, you think you're the wrath of God? You turn into a giant spider asshole. You're not Uriel. Okay, calm the fuck down. Sam and Dean Winchester are not going to show... Anyway, sorry, getting off tangent here. And I started laughing at myself. But then part of me was like, what if there's a part of that that's right? What if that's the reason I am like this? Is that I am put here to remove evil. But surely there's, there's people out there that commit evil acts every day. Criminals, scum of the earth. But the two people that I killed, maybe they were unrepentant. And maybe they lost their last chance at forgiveness. Maybe they were going to hell and nothing was going to change it. Not because they didn't believe in God, but because they were demons walking the earth. And I was the answer to that. And again, here I am thinking I'm an egotistical asshole and start laughing again. But there's a nugget of that that stuck with me. That maybe that's why I am the way that I am, even to this day. Because I've been doing this for, like I said, over seven years, folks. And not once, not once have I taken an innocent life. Have I hungered after someone that didn't deserve it? But I always decided I needed to investigate the hunger Every single time, no matter how many times I was right. But I had no idea I'd still be going the way I'm going right now. So I developed the rules. One, no matter what, investigate the prey. Two, and two alone, or two rather, always make sure the prey was alone. Because I looked out the first two times and I knew if this happened again, they could have family, they could have friends, they could have kids. But I would only ever take them one-on-one. I would not expose innocence to even the sight of what I become. Because just for a moment, just for a second, I was unmade by the image by seeing that big spider leg go out instead of my hand, right? 
But imagine somebody that isn't doesn't have that initial that initial part of their soul that knows that these transformations, this creature is who I'm supposed to be, that this is my natural state. I would drive an innocent person insane if they saw me. So that was the second rule. Rule three, make sure that when I took the person, leave no evidence behind. Now, of course, I handle and remove the evidence later, you could say. But what I mean is making sure that I'm not leaving fingerprints, making sure that I'm not messing up. Now, my outfits that I've worn those first two times, always dark clothes, always gloves, making sure my face is partially hidden. But I knew I had always to be careful. Because while I didn't show up on videotape, fingerprints are fingerprints, DNA is DNA. Now, I'm not in the system as far as I'm aware. Now, maybe I've left a trail that I'm not aware of, but law enforcement's never really come close to coming after me. Not yet. And I think that's because I'm careful and who I go after, the truth always seems to come out about what they really were. So those were my three rules. They went with it first. Because part of me, I think, beyond the spider, was and still is that good-natured boy who went to church with his family, who has friends and always tried to be a decent human being, that I'm still, at my core, a decent human being. And like Uncle Ben said, with great power comes great responsibility. And you know what? With great hunger comes great responsibility. <laughs> I know that was creepy shit. I creeped myself out on that one. Anyway, with the rules in place, I prepared myself for going out into the world. And here's what changed the game. I was doing so well at work in sales that they started wanting to send me to other cities. They wanted to send me to sales conferences. They wanted me to rep the company directly to the client. And I thought that would be great for travel. But then I realized fate, the universe, God, whatever. I, I try not to be egotistical about this and sound like I'm a religious nut. But all of a sudden, I'm not only given a job that allows me to travel and make solid and decent money, but now I'm able to extend my hunting ground outside of my city. And maybe do the nation, if you will, a service. Now, I know this sounds insane, but folks, let me tell you, I've never doubted it and I've never skipped the rules. And there is a reason. A year into being Johnny Eight. A year of eating vile, twisted, evil people that I ran into someone else. I ran into my first other. And that was a reminder of why I always needed the rules. But to tell that story, I'm going to need to take a break. So in the next file, I'm going to tell you all about Isabella, my first other.